0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Beyond Queer Stories. Today, our guest is Sean. Sean Coleman is a genderqueer professional cuddler and a connection coach. Sean provides a supportive space for queer women, trans folk to connect and cuddle while building community.
1: Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. It's so cool to be here. (laughs) Yes. It's great to have you. Thanks so we always start off asking um what I- identities do you feel most influence your experiences yeah i'm
2: aware that y'all do that and it's, <laughs> <So you're laughs> and the prepare a little bit. well sort of i'm like i always feel like uncertain about in the moment what's going to feel like most true for me like what yeah. stands out because i feel like it's an evolving thing mm-hmm. but um definitely today um being a person of color and being queer seem like identities that stand out a lot in this particular moment.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Great. Why do you think those stand out right now for you? Yeah. Well, like, the story that I'm going
2: to tell today is about, uh, like, being a person of color and having an event around that. So that definitely is a reason for it to stand out today. Um, Also, just, like, I'm thinking a lot about safer spaces these days Mm -hmm. and creating a lot of queer, safer spaces. And so that identity definitely is one that's um, been on my mind a lot over the past, you know, I don't know, whatever, a few months, definitely, um, more so than others. Mm -hmm. But uh, definitely for, like, many many years prior to that as well
1: yeah great
0: tell me more about your um professional cuddling adventure because i've been following that and i'm really excited <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love that it's called an adventure <laughs> are you just referring to like my career in general I think, yeah okay. it's okay, a cool. career but it's also like a
0: <laughs> how like i've like i've read about people doing it in New York. In New York, it's kind of, like, niche niche Yeah. So it's, like, people start shit, and it doesn't actually, like, end up going anywhere. Fair enough. So, like, you're doing it, and you're doing it really, really well. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Thank you. But also,
0: (laughs) I want to know, like, how this became a thing for you, and, like, how you ended up being, like, this, like a professional cuddler, like making yeah. a career.
2: Yeah. I appreciate you asking. That's a very like sweet way of asking. But um yeah, I went to a um cuddle party mm-hmm. in almost a decade ago and it was like really revolutionary for me it also was challenging for me in some pretty significant ways Mm -hmm. Um, and so like I just like went and I was like this was cool but also I don't know and like walked away a little bit intimidated for about two years and then, (laughs) then I finally came back and when I came back I was like more comfortable with my boundaries more ready to say no more capable of asking for the things that I wanted and so. And by being in that place, I was more capable of like getting the experience that I wanted to have from the event um, and really like making it a healing experience for myself. And so then I was like in it and it was like I was going to one like as often as they were occurring, which was like a couple of times a month. And um, I, within a few months, like started volunteering to like, like be like the person who was like welcoming people at the door and like helping with snacks and all of that stuff. So I was like invested in the community mm-hmm. and um, then started training like under uh, another professional cuddler and like, yeah, and just like jumped into that world of um, facilitating um, my own take on cuddle events and then also uh, doing some one-on-one professional cuddling as well and yeah I enjoy it. And for me I enjoy doing it because I, I know it to be a way that I can continue like staying present with my boundaries continue being basically the change that I want to see in the world around consent and that type of thing um, and also I feel like it's, a, it's particularly important for me to keep doing it because, like, I want people who look like me, so like queer, like um, black and brown folks, to know that this cuddle movement is something that's important for us too, mm-hmm. and that we get to be a part of it. And seeing my queer little face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> helps to remind them of that in a way that, like, seeing um, the average professional cuddler or the average cuddle party facilitator just simply doesn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a world that is very much dominated by femme uh, white women and yeah, mostly either um, cis-het women or who, like, um, present in a way that, you know, that is so femme and don't um, talk about their queerness. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. So, I'm thinking of like those listeners who are hearing you talk about this and are really excited, but maybe like apprehensive totally. about coming to something that is kind of organized mm-hmm. to be a cuddle party, right? So, if you were to st- set the stage and kind of like um, atmosphere for them and what what like would make them comfortable coming, what would you say? Yeah.
2: So first off, I will say that you're probably thinking that it's kind of weird. and, it is, <laughs> and that's okay. Like, it's, some things are going to be a little bit strange. And basically, um, it typically occurs in someone's like apartment or in someone's home. And um, sometimes they occur like in yoga studios as well. But basically, there are a bunch of mattresses or mats out on the floor and. People are invited to come into the space, start getting to know each other. We do introductions. We do agreements to create a safer container um, and talk about things like consent, talk about boundaries, um, practice, like doing an exercise called the no exercise where people literally just make requests and every single time your partner just says no you know, to whatever touch requests you're doing, just so you can get in the practice of just saying the words. You're not actually touching, but just saying the words you know, no and just practicing making the request receiving that no and then honoring people by saying something along the lines of thank you for taking care of yourself that acknowledges Mm -hmm. that like they're not trying to reject you they're not trying to say you're a horrible person it's more about them um honoring what's going on for them and giving them that permission to do so and after we've um you know set up that container then we usually do a couple of exercises so we can just practice like um you know hugging each other or like practice connecting in kind of a casual way that feels pretty accessible for most of the people in the room and then we open up into like the open cuddle time or the free range cuddle time as some people call it um that usually lasts for an hour or two where people can just snuggle and connect in a way that works for them. Mm -hmm. And some folks will full on spoon. Some people will get like the best massages of their lives. Um, Some people will like sit on the couch and hold hands and have a deep conversation. And some people will spend half of the event awkwardly hanging out by the snack table or in the (laughs) kitchen, like they do at every other freaking event, you know? (laughs) Like, but that's the thing about it, is it doesn't have to look one particular way in the same way that like a dance party or hanging out at a friend's birthday party doesn't look just one particular way. Particular way there are a lot of different ways that this event could happen and unfold for you and you're kind of open to figure out what works best for you so Mm -hmm. I would definitely encourage you to think about that going in like what types of things you might want to do where your lines might be Mm -hmm. um, and what type of activities you could bring into the the space that might make it more comfortable and more accepting for you also like Wear what's comfortable for you. Like, if you watch these videos online, oh my gosh, it's like a room full of a bunch of people who are like in like footy pajamas and who are like (laughs) sighing. And they're like, (sighs) <sighs> ah and, and it's like it's and it's it's great for like getting a bunch of like clicks or likes or whatever, uh-huh. you know, but the reality of it is that there are gonna be some people like that sometimes and there also are gonna be a lot of people who are simply just wearing their gym shorts and their t shirt. You mm-hmm. do not have to go out and buy footy pajamas. I keep telling you this. <laughs> but like I need you to believe me that no matter how many of these like new spots you see, you yeah. do not have to go buy footy pajamas.
1: Noted. Yeah. I
2: appreciate that clarification. Yeah, no problem. But I footy pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> so if you love footy pajamas,
1: like, go buy that shit. Right, yeah. <laughs> They're fun. i have some. True. <laughs> I love the part where you practice saying no. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why, but I had a reaction to that. Because that's such a... Especially being... Say you go to that space by yourself and yeah. you want to be accepted, right? Like, I imagine people want mm-hmm. to... Be accepted, they want to connect, but then those no's feel so much harder. So I would have never expected that being a part of the process, but that just makes so much sense when you put it that way, to like practice it and say no regardless, because then hopefully that gives you the confidence when you are uncomfortable to say no and not feel bad.
2: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Thank you for for sharing that. It it definitely is is important, and it also like just yeah reminds people that like that's part of the experience here mm-hmm. that you're probably gonna get some no's, yeah. and yeah, and people are going to practice saying their no's, and the encouragement is like to say it in this space because it's a safer mm-hmm. space for that. People are expecting that. People are affirming that, and yeah. so hopefully that can make it easier for you in your life and other places right. to, um to say that no and to honor that no. We all. Also, greatly encourage people to change their minds. You know, Mm -hmm. like I feel like so often in our lives we get in trouble for changing Mm -hmm. our minds, or like you know, you you wanted to cuddle last week, or Mm -hmm. you know, like um, we always do this, Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. But it's like you get to change your mind, and so that's whether you've been cuddling with someone for ten seconds, ten minutes, or ten hours. Like Mm -hmm. you get to say, like thank you, but I'm done now, or just simply move on to a different activity
0: if that's what you want to do.
1: Yeah. That's great. No that it's a hard thing for a lot of people. Saying no? hmm
2: <laughs> Yeah, fear of rejection, too, is also a big one. But it, like, it can feel really empowering to mm-hmm. get beyond that place. And also it can feel really empowering to, to say, you know, to say that no. And a lot, one last thing I'll say on that topic, too, is that, like, it's easier to trust someone's yes Mm -hmm. once you've received a no from that person. Mm -hmm. So it can feel really incredible to get that no. It can draw you closer to a person and make it more possible for y'all to connect authentically Mm -hmm. once they know that they can fully trust you know, the words that are coming out of your mouth in that way. And not to say that anyone's intentionally misleading anyone Mm -hmm. else, but, like, because of the ways that we've been conditioned to be polite, to be nice in our society, a
0: lot of us really do struggle to honor that no. So how long have you been hosting and, like, facilitating Codal Bodies?
2: Yeah. Um, It's been about four years that I've been doing them on my own um, and like almost four years that I've been doing like the career specific ones Um, and for yeah for a couple years prior I was doing events like uh, with like assisting someone else well almost three years prior I was assisting someone else and like co-facilitating and things like that.
0: When people when you like Present that. How was like <laughs> people's first reaction? <laughs> I feel like there should be, there would be a reaction. No,
2: totally, totally. Um, yeah. So it's it's a mix. I've um, so one thing I'll say is that I've learned to stop saying it to my Uber drivers.
1: <laughs> Especially late, late at
2: night. No, they get too excited. Oh, <laughs> no.
1: that's kind of weird.
2: They get too excited. Yep. So oh. so yeah. So not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah because it just it So many people assume that it's something that's sexual Mm -hmm. um, that I often have to kind of like walk that back or or help people to figure out that it's not. Um, It's helped that there are a lot more like podcasts like this and articles out there and stuff like that that are educating people around it. But yeah, but so many people still think that it's like secretly um, a more sexual, much more sexual thing than it actually is because it's not. It's definitely about platonic touch. Um, So that's the, the biggest response is people thinking, that type of thing um, and either asking me about it or just secretly thinking it. Um, And then other folks just like get it and understand and appreciate how um, wonderful it can be, how healing it can be. And yeah, just how how lovely of an experience it can be for folks. Um, And that's great. And like I find that like like queer people in general get it much more quickly than a lot of um heterosexual folks or cishet folks um probably mostly in part because we get that like just because A exists doesn't mean B is going to happen you know in a way that a lot of other folks don't so we we often do have more spaces where we can um play with things that are very intimate play with things that allow for deep connection and know that that doesn't mean that we're dating now you know mm-hmm. or that sex is going to happen
1: mm-hmm. there are separate parties for that and i can imagine totally. people like, yeah. like oh is cuddle just like this secret code word you're using it's like no no yeah. sure <laughs> <not."> <laughs> it's a whole different kind of party <laughs> yeah So, where do you see this going? Say, like, like five, ten years from now, what would you like to see happen with this? Kind of type of event community yeah. all of that yeah so
2: I feel like where it's at is really really good um the only expansion well the main expansions I want to see is in terms of like more people understanding you know what it is like mm-hmm. getting that it's a, it is in fact a platonic thing getting that it is a healing thing I love that um, some therapists are already starting to refer their clients oh, to nice. go see professional cuddlers or to go to cuddle parties and cuddle Mm -hmm. Events and things like that, Um, and that's really like that's beautiful because Mm -hmm. they're acknowledging that um, you know they this can be part of the work that um, that people are doing in order to heal themselves. And again, you know we're we're not therapists, but I think that we can um, definitely be a helpful you know added component. To mm-hmm. the work that people are already doing, um, and I also would love to see like more safer spaces for this like the uh, like the ones that i 'm creating you know just like it would be cool if there were um, lots of Different uh, groups that were happening, cuddle groups that were happening for different communities and things like that, so that more people understood that um, this was a thing that they could, you know, could tap into and be a part of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I personally am trying to like to spread the word as quickly as much as I can with that, and I definitely am very like open to traveling and bringing this queer women slash trans slash NB cuddle mm-hmm. up event on the road. So, you know, if nice. you you're listening and you have a space and you want me to come to your town, then hit me up, please.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That just, like, gave me this visual of, like, you having this, like, almost like a cuddle bus or a cuddle truck where you drive (laughs) around the country and, like, host parties in it, and you can just – Travel and spread. That's really cute. The cuddle Bus. <laughs> <laughs> it just, like, sent me to that visual. That's, <laughs> That's funny. adorable. It is adorable. <laughs> Actually, yeah,
2: I know of a, a professional one-on-one cuddler who, like, who has, like, an RV and travels around yeah. and, like, has, like, sessions in her, her little cuddle RV. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: so cute. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that could be a way to... Spread it to other areas, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you get people cool. in other areas and they become interested and then they can like continue the work there and yeah. kind of branch it out. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Are there other areas that you know this has a good foundation for in the, like basically in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, you've heard of it in New York and I haven't really heard, like I've heard of it through more like documentaries and yeah. things like that, but haven't heard about where those communities are in the States.
2: Yeah. Um, so as far as like in general events that, that quote, cater to everyone, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so those, those are happening definitely like, yeah, in New York, there's a lot that are happening, like in L.A., um, in Portland, Oregon, for sure. Um those are, like, some of, the, some of the main places. And then, like, in most, like, really, um, like, big cities uh, throughout the U.S., there are at least a few professional cuddlers and at least a few uh, cuddle parties that are happening, um, yeah, throughout the U.S.
1: That's very yeah. cool. Yeah,
2: and there, there are definitely some, like, internationally as well that are, that are spreading, which is cool.
1: Are there any conferences that makes me like
2: yeah um there's a new a newish one called cuddle expo mm-hmm. um that's specifically for um professionals in this field but nice. yeah but it like that uh just occurred a year ago and mm-hmm. um yeah there's there's no other ones that i've heard of so
0: i have looked I like, when i found out that we were recording with you i uh-huh. looked into like how to become a professional cuddler. Yeah, cool. And there are classes, mm-hmm. is, like three, four day workshops yeah. where you have to attend and like go through that. And it's mm-hmm. not even like at the end of it, you become a professional cuddler. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're certified and you have to yeah. keep going and going and going until you become at that mm-hmm. level where you can host your own workshops. Mm-hmm. And like, they're all over Chicago. I mean, there's they're all over the US. There was yeah. one in Chicago, I think in October, mm-hmm. actually. So, I mean, like just putting that out there for people who are really into cuddling and want to do it for real.
2: Yeah, thank you for bringing that up, the certification, because there isn't any um, like national requirement in terms of you know, what you have to do in order to be a professional cuddler. But there, there are quite a few of us who have went through a number of different training classes and certifications and who continued a, a, our education throughout so that we can make sure that we are learning and that we are growing and developing and sharpening our skills. And um, I actually, um, myself, am working on a number of different training classes and have had a, a couple of different training classes. Um, specifically, uh, one I'll mention is called So You Want to Be a Professional Cuddler. And <laughs> it's, like, it's just like with all those people who've like seen one document or, who, yeah. like you know, I have like, seen something on YouTube and they're like, that looks cool. Because like, I just want them to know, like, what the reality of it is, yeah. which skill sets are most important, you know, and, like, who tends to make a lot in this business and, like, how much time that takes and things like that so they can figure out if they want to actually take a deep dive into this work, mm-hmm. um, if they want to slowly step into this work, or if it actually isn't for them. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of companies um, out there also, I guess they're more called platforms, who kind of, um, in my opinion, exploit um, mm-hmm. some of the people who mm-hmm. are um, someone interested in this work and make it seem easier than what it is mm-hmm. um, and kind of just put it out there like, you know, do you love giving hugs? Uh-huh. Do you want to make yeah. extra money? Oh, Sign geez. here. And there's zero training, you know, yeah. there's zero um, education, zero mentorship mm-hmm. and it's basically just like um, most cases, um, you know, just young um, women who are like kind of naive and don't really know the situation um Mm -hmm. because how how could they really um yeah so
1: yeah that's good to point out because I imagine it'd be easy for people to kind of take advantage of Mm -hmm. something like that to make money for their own profit yeah and
2: some of them like charge you as much as like 50 percent of their set of your session price so like if you yeah Uh, (laughs) whatever you're charging they're they're taking half of it just for the the pleasure of like you being able to be listed on their site Mm -hmm. and like you yeah a lot of people like don't know any better don't know any different you know and they also like don't know what to expect getting Mm -hmm. into that work um and so they don't have a good understanding of boundaries and they end up like having people who are clients who repeatedly cross them Mm -hmm. Um, and so that could be potentially very problematic so like some one of the things that the certification is really good at is about helping people to find their voice figuring out where the line you know should be and Mm -hmm. how to enforce it and also letting them get a greater understanding of what additional requirements they may may want to have beyond the industry standard. Mm
1: -hmm. I appreciate you sharing all that. Yeah of course.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. We are About it, story time. All right, cool. Um, Excited to hear the story you have for us.
2: (laughs) The story that I'm telling today is about uh, what happened when uh, two white men showed up for my POC cuddle up event. And so I decided to have a cuddle event that was specifically for people of color. Um, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a few years because I, I do know that the cuddle community tends to be very white, and I've had quite a few people over the years reach out to me about attending events and like ask me directly, um, "Is this just an all-white thing? You know, are there other people of color there?" Um, because while like we don't necessarily have to have another person of color there in order to attend, um, it's already an event that can be really anxiety-inducing and tough to attend. So it's nice for folks to know that there will be someone else who looks like them, you know, or someone else who can understand some of their experiences or some of the things that might come up for them in the space. So I created this event um, so that we could have a safer space around that. and I. Um, co-facilitated with um, a wonderful um, woman named Courtney Cobbs. But, yeah, so we created the event, and we're all excited, and we got our our lovely rainbow of people there. And um, near the end of the time when we're about to close the doors, then um, we we get another ring at the doorbell, and I go and answer it, and um, two white men are standing on the other side. And I'm just like, oh, no. (laughs) and I'm like kind of hoping that these men are lost that like you know it's like oh yeah like maybe they're looking for somebody else in the building or they like came to the wrong address you know just kind of hoping that like this this doesn't have to be an awkward conversation that I now have to have um like I'm gonna have it if I have to have it but I'm like how cool would it be if I just didn't have it you know did they have to have it so yeah so anyway so uh these men are here and and um, they're like, um, is this the is this the, the cuddle event? And I was like, this is the people of color cuddle <laughs> event. And They're like, oh, great. And they start walking closer to the door to like walk over the threshold. And I'm like, actually, wait one moment. Let's uh, let's step outside and let, mm-hmm. let's talk over here to the side. And we um, we're starting to to step aside, and then um, like uh, a woman who who's clearly a person of color um, like walks up the steps, and you know, I'm just like, oh, let's let's step aside and let her pass. And so when she um, she passes by and goes in, which like to be fair, I'm like, um, there's a little part of me who that really like enjoyed that moment because it's it like, yeah, you know, like middle-aged white men, step aside and let this young African-American woman pass, please. She has every right to be here. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> so uh so we stepped aside and we continued our conversation and um, I was like this event is specifically for uh, people of color do y'all identify as people of color and they kind of looked at each other awkwardly and they're like um um We're okay with that. And they start to like walk towards the door again. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Your faces are (laughs) priceless.
1: That's not what you meant. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So are you okay with that, <laughs> right? Right. But car. you know, I'm like, I got my professional hat on, trying oh. to be all diplomatic and stuff. And so I'm like, um, I'm glad y'all are okay with <laughs> us having this event for people wow. of color. Um, what I want you to know is that this event is only for people of color so unless you identify as like let's say african-american or asian-american or latinx or native american or something like uh-huh. you know they, they're slowly starting to get it like i can slowly see the balls starting to, to, to you know, the wheels starting to turn or whatever in their head and um as i'm like listing all these identities and they're like oh okay Okay. No, no, we we don't identify with that. I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, this event is just just for for people within those groups." And so, um I'm happy to refund your tickets, you know? Um I'll go ahead and and do that today and you'll you know have the money back in your account soon. There are a number of different um, similar cuddle events that occur throughout the city. And I'm happy to you know, connect you with those. And they're like, um, can you um, can you just like text us when those are going to happen?
0: <sighs>
2: uh, uh, yeah. And so <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I've done a lot of work around boundaries and so it was just like I didn't even have to get mad I was just like okay this is an opportunity for me to share a boundary (laughs) and so I was like no that would take a lot of my time um and I probably wouldn't remember so instead why don't I share with you um you know the the Facebook group information and tell you about the meetup and then you can join those groups if you're interested and that way you can get automatic notifications when the events are happening you know. Um so <laughs> they were like, "Okay, cool. Can you can you can you text that to us?" And I was like, "Sure." I'm like, you know, like I'm like I understood that like, "Okay, like maybe they're not in a place where they can write that down right now. They had stuff in their hands." So I'm like that I was okay with cuz that like I could do right in front of them in under a minute. I like went ahead text them that. Like that was not over the, my personal line. So <laughs> I was good with that. But it's like you know the amount of entitlement that it takes for a person To ask another person to notify them, like a complete stranger, Mm -hmm. to notify them once a week-ish about an event that that complete stranger is not even directly involved in is astounding to me. But again, that's where they were coming from. Um, but still, like I don't feel like these were bad people in any way, they were actually very nice people. I think they just didn't understand um, what they were asking for and didn't comprehend the impact that mm-hmm. they have, probably in most places, where they, they go in their lives. And so they, uh, yeah, so they, they, uh, they, you know, took that information down um, and then they brought a bunch of chips. Like they bought like one of those big boxes of like, I don't know, it was like 36 or whatever with like uh-huh. little chips you get for kids or whatever uh, to like share with the party, which was super sweet, you know, that <laughs> they like brought snacks um, and they were like very insistent. They're, like, do you, do you want these chips? And I was like, oh, uh-huh. I, was, like, I don't want to take all your <laughs> chips. And they're like, no, take some, take some, you know? Okay, so like I took like a couple handfuls of the, of the chips, which was nice, like it was, it was nice to know that they like they were they were leaving that they mm-hmm. like they understood what occurred at that moment you know they probably still need to do some googling and figure mm-hmm. out some stuff on their own but like they they knew that they were not invited in and it seemed like they didn't take it particularly personally you know mm-hmm. like they got to no, know, but they were able to not take it personally and they were able to honor the boundary which was what like you know these events are all about anyway mm-hmm. so that was kind of cool and it was very generous of them in my opinion to then like offer the chips and like mm-hmm. yeah and like um, share with the event and want to contribute to the enjoyment of the people who were there even though they couldn't be one of those people mm-hmm. um, so yeah so I think overall it was it was great like it was yeah it, it could have been a lot worse it could have been a lot more uncomfortable and I was definitely glad that um that I had like another um facilitator there who could like you know keep the intros going keep you know mm-hmm. keep the conversation going, keep checking people in and making sure people had what they needed because like this yeah this could potentially be a thing that like caused the whole event to like pause and to mm-hmm. stop, so I was glad at least that that occurred, and again, it was yeah. It was as as good as I guess I could have expected given this situation. Yeah. <laughs> I know with like the headline, people think it's definitely a much more exciting story than it is. But but yeah, I'm glad that it it, it didn't end with it that much excitement.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that they were respectful uh, totally. once they got it. It's I guess the part that shouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me, but surprised mm-hmm. me is how long it took for that to click. Yeah, that that's not their space, but oh, this is for people
0: of color. We're okay with that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> it's, yeah. It's I like, mean, the thing know. about it is that a lot of people um, have never shown up for a space where they were not welcome to attend, you know, mm-hmm. where they were not, like, a part of the, the norm or mm-hmm. whatever, and so, like, that just, yeah, that that just didn't occur to them, that that could be a possibility.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah,
2: they were respectful, though. And didn't and they didn't like walk away feeling like victims, which I think is also huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then hopefully they connect with the appropriate parties. And, yeah, you know, right. Like, can bring that same respect mm-hmm. and, and, chips. and yeah, chips. Yeah, and trips <laughs> always good. <for> yeah. <laughs> hopefully, it's a reflective moment for them to actually yeah. process through that and process through. Hopefully, educate themselves on why those spaces are important and why right. they're created. I, hope I don't know so. if they went that extra step. Oh, I hope they did. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's good to know that because I wasn't sure how you all kind of manage like people coming in, so yeah. that people can't just walk in, and yeah. that you are able to kind of greet people. I yeah, guess, we greet, and make yeah, sure that they're there for that mm-hmm. space, and that they're supposed to be there for that space. Totally. Yeah, yeah like uh, um I
2: definitely don't like you know check people's like black card or their yeah. queer card at the door or anything like that you know and like if people do seem like they might be genuinely confused I want to make sure they're in the the right space so yeah. like that's why I didn't want to just directly say like you look way too light to be at this event but you know because like I don't I don't know their stories I don't know you know if they might be multiracial or something like that right um and yeah, like it is important to me that the space remains a safer space just for the folks who are attending, um, who have the right to be there, you know, so mm-hmm. that we can speak freely, so that we can um, inhabit the space in a way that feels comfortable for us and be at ease in that
1: way. Mm-hmm. That's great. Two things.
0: Yeah. One, with you and I'm assuming somebody else facilitating the event. hmm do you walk around to make sure like nobody's doing anything freaky and like just like disband that if so, or like leave it depending on whatever comfort level they have? And two, have you ever banned anybody from a cuddle event?
2: Good questions. Really good questions. Mm-hmm. Let's see,
0: I'm
1: gonna
2: answer the, the second question first if I can because that's relatively quick. Have I ever banned anyone from a cuddle event? no I've definitely thought about it yeah I've thought about it before but I haven't banned anyone from a cuddle event and I've had a few times where I've had to address things with people and where I was clear that like if this person um doesn't immediately stop doing x then they're out of here you know um and like they you know, they, they felt my tone, they understood mm-hmm. where I was coming from, you know, and they decided to make a different choice mm-hmm. for themselves. I do have mm-hmm. people too who I feel like stop attending because I was really firm with them and kind of let them know where the line was and mm-hmm. they're like, oh crap. Well, I guess this isn't for me after all. So like they've kind of, you know, like filtered themselves out, which is great. Um or themselves out. But yeah, um I haven't had to yeah, to to completely ban anyone, which is good and oh, i guess good in some ways but yeah um as far as people who are doing like more sexy things or who yeah. don't understand the space um that definitely is a thing that could happen mm-hmm. and I, I don't personally like walk around and like you know and, and look at every little coupling that mm-hmm. is happening or every like triad or whatever that, that is occurring and see exactly where everyone's hands are um, I do like um, occasionally like look over the space and it's it's not a huge space mm-hmm. you know again as I mentioned like most of the time they're occurring in living rooms and things like that um, and so I am able if I'm like standing up to see the whole space and so I can kind of like periodically um, as I'm like refilling like the the water pitcher or something like that I do kind of like look at the whole space and kind of just see if everybody seems like they're pretty comfortable yeah so I um yeah so I do do that and if there was anything that was like overt that was happening or anything obvious where I'm like okay this is not um this is not um within the boundaries or the guidelines of this event then I would definitely address that and would you know talk to the people involved for me, um, I definitely make sure I make a point at the beginning of like, reminding everyone that it's a platonic event, and asking that everyone, um, you know, be mindful of of what feels sexual for them, and help to co-create a safer spe- space for platonic touch by, you know, noticing when they have those feelings of arousal coming up, and you know, either shifting positions or getting some water or taking you know taking a little break or whatever they need to do in order to help promote that. That that feeling of of the platonic nature or promote that platonic um, container not just for themselves but like also for the other people around them who Mm -hmm. will feel safer who will feel more comfortable um, if that is maintained and um, even with that obviously there are some people who you know might I'm sure at some point try to sneak something in you know um, like I I can't monitor everything at every moment you know like Mm -hmm. I I don't even try to pretend that I I could Mm -hmm yeah so that's that's the reality of it and like the event feels so different and so much less like sexual romantic or whatever Mm -hmm. with like now that i'm mostly just doing um I'm mostly doing like the queer women slash trans slash NB events. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I feel like queer folks, we, we get that mm-hmm. just because cuddling is happening doesn't mean that, you know, we're, we're together now. And it, we get that it doesn't mean that like sex is going to happen next. Like nothing mm-hmm. is leading to anything. And it also helps that we are um, checking in every step of the way. So, for example, if you want to give someone a massage, you know, we're not just saying like, can I give you a massage? And then you have like the right to like touch someone's entire upper body or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's checking in and saying like, or, or asking, hey, can I give you a shoulder massage? And if the person consents to that, you're giving the shoulder massage. And if, as you're giving the shoulder massage, you get a natural inclination to then move up to the neck or to then move down, you know, to the lower back or whatever, you're checking in and saying, hey, can I also um, massage your neck and your back as well? Like, is that is that cool if I include that entire area? Mm-hmm. And so that way there's more of an uh, awareness to it. There's more, uh, like... I lost the word that I was going to say. But yeah, but there's more intentionality and people get more opportunities to really think about what they're doing Mm -hmm. and what they're asking for Mm -hmm. and whether or not they're still on board with that and whether or not that promotes the environment that we want to promote there. Mm
1: -hmm. So I'm curious, what are those boundaries where you've had to have those conversations with people about their behavior or Mm -hmm. actions needing to change?
2: Yeah, so um, yeah, so like what appears sexual or feels sexual to so one person might be completely different than what feels mm-hmm. sexual for someone else. So I definitely, you know, encourage people again to think about what feels sexual for them and to, you know, reel it back as they need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, across the board, like, genital touching is mm-hmm. just not um, not permitted. And, um, you know, like, we also sometimes in the industry will say, like, the bikini areas, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> are, are areas that are not, uh, that, that would be covered by the bikini would not be allowed to be t- Touched. Um, So, you know, so breasts as well um, are areas that are, are not allowed to be touched during the event. Um, beyond that, it, it's pretty much just like a personal thing, like what feels sexual and uncomfortable for you. Mm -hmm. And folks are permitted to come and get me if they feel like, you know, someone has crossed their lines, um, or if they notice like near them that there is something really, um, sexual that is occurring in Mm -hmm. their area, you know, that Mm -hmm. they would need, um, assistance around as well. So for example, like if someone were, um, were like, um, were repeatedly thrusting or, Mm -hmm. yeah, or touching like, you know, butts or things like that, like that could all fall within that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will also say, too, that even though it is an explicitly non-sexual event, it is a platonic event that, you know, for some folks that arousal does happen, Mm -hmm. that's okay. You know, like we try to keep it to be like a sex positive event as well mm-hmm. um not an event where sex is happening, but still mm-hmm. a sex positive event, and that you know we we don't want to try to shame anyone or out anyone for just like having a natural um desire you know within themselves the um so it's okay to be attracted some to someone it's yeah. even okay to be aroused like mm-hmm. that could happen we're just not gonna act on it
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like a practice of self-control as well mm. yes
2: okay. it could totally be
1: yeah and then i imagine occasionally people might connect there and they connect outside if they mm-hmm. feel some connection or even if people are having a deep conversation like you said some yeah, people just sit totally. and have a conversation and they may then connect outside of there and that's the appropriate way to go mm-hmm. about any other type of connection yeah Would that, be that true? makes sense
2: yeah yeah yeah, that definitely makes sense and I'm sure that that does um uh, that does ha- I know that to happen sometimes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I do like is that even though that is a possibility that in my experience, the large majority of people don't approach this as a place to like to hook up or a place yeah. to like find potential people to date, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people are working on something much deeper, much more profound or mm-hmm. healing something much deeper, which is just really, really beautiful. And I'm definitely happy to be a part of that experience. I'm um, a part of that, that healing and that work. Um, and like, for me as a participant, before I started coming and being a facilitator um, it was really really great for me to have these spaces where I could like touch and connect connect and like give these long and deep hugs and like occasionally like touch faces and and receive Mm -hmm. massages that were not leading anywhere where like this shoulder massage was just a shoulder massage and that was Mm -hmm. it because like I don't know where y'all went to college if y'all went to college (laughs) but uh, in my dorms (laughs) nobody was just getting a shoulder massage like yeah I was definitely like leading somewhere else and so it felt so liberating to Mm -hmm. be in a space where I could just get a shoulder massage and that Mm -hmm. was that and there was nothing else that it was leading to in that space and also in most cases no one like asked for my number at the end of the event or Mm -hmm. like tried to date me after like it's just
1: yeah yeah no expectations just like being present yeah
2: thank you for those words yes perfect
1: that's great (laughs) Like, those kind of spaces are so important, too, because we're always so caught up in, like, the day-to-day and thinking about the future and planning and to just have space where you can have that physical touch and just Mm -hmm. be present in a very non-sexual way. That sounds very healing. Yeah, it is amazing. And it's nice,
2: like… Like During the events, um, you know on very, very rare occasions, there may be someone with their phone, like I think I can probably count um, on my hands for sure, like even you know even though I've been doing this for years, like on my hands, I could count how many times I've seen someone with their phone out you know, are like... It's beautiful. Right? It's just like, and we don't even say that. We don't even have a part in the like the intros or the welcome mm-hmm. circle where we ask people to turn their phone on silence or where we mm-hmm. ask people to put their phones away. They just don't come out. Yeah. People are just too present, too in the moment to be worried about, like, what's, you know, what's going on. Um, the rare occasions often are when it's like um, a parent who just wants to make sure that they have their phone available, like, you know, for their child or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the large majority of people Are just there in the moment, and like it, yeah, it it can feel like even like meditative Mm -hmm. to just be able to be there and to be, yeah, to be grounded in that way and to be present with the experience that's happening in this moment.
1: Mm -hmm. That's great, it's important to have those spaces. We're like nearing our wrap up time. (laughs) This is my favorite part.
0: Okay, okay. so it's time for. (laughs) shameless plug time yes (laughs) shameless
2: plug time thank you Uh, so I I do every fourth Friday have the queer women slash trans slash non-binary cuddle up events um, that occur in the uh, West Edgewater slash Bowmanville area Um, you can check out my website um, ourtouchpoints.com it's o u r t o u c h p o i n t s dot com to find out information about uh, that event or for other events. Um, I also quarterly have the people of color cuddle up events, um, so you can check out that as well. And um, I. If you
1: are a person of color.
2: Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes,
1: these events thank you are specifically
2: uh, safer spaces for these these communities, and it does. Spell it out very clearly <laughs> in the description. And yes, yeah, good. You can Just never mention case. it too many times. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, um, I also have events that are uh, How to Fall in Love and 36 Questions or Less mm-hmm. that um, tie into the love experiment mm-hmm. um, where people get the opportunity to connect. They get the opportunity to ask deep questions mm-hmm. to other folks and um, get to eye gaze with some other folks. And I start us off with like intros and agreements and opportunities for like some casual connections. So that people can see who they might potentially want to get to know more before we jump into the 90 minutes of like sitting with one person and doing those questions or potentially two people. I like to keep it poly friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, those are the main things. And last but not least, uh, I also have uh, a Patreon. So you can find me um, on Patreon as well. Sean Coleman. And on YouTube as well, Um, you can look for like Sean Coleman Cuddle or something like that. Or you could also search embodied consent because there's Mm -hmm. so little content about embodied consent that I guarantee you I will pop up really quickly.
1: Nice. Thank you for all the work you do. Thank you. you. so great. It's great to have you. Appreciate you. Oh so you're so
0: sweet
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And I, yeah,
2: I'm so so grateful for this opportunity to be here, and like y'all's podcast is amazing. It's so Thank wonderful you. to like hear queer stories and to, like, yeah, to have our stories be about just simply who we are and the yeah. work we're doing out in the world, and not simply about like, so what's
1: it like to be queer,? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're a little more complex than that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Queer Stories.
0: Also check out the creator of our podcast music, B. Stedwell. She's an incredible queer artist from D.C. And you can check out her music at B.
1: If you're listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to rate us so others will be able to find our podcast. Talk,
0: Talk to, to you all, all next week.
1: week. Next time on Beyond Queer Stories.
0: All of a sudden, these things started to grow, especially these two things. Puberty had officially hit. It made my clothes fit different, and they gave me unsolicited attention from boys, especially at school. My most dreaded time of the day was gym. Now, go figure for the gym rat, and it wasn't just gym, it was the jumping jacks we had to do. One, two, three, and a hold your chest. I wish they would stop staring. This was a daily occurrence. Gym was the worst, and I quickly realized There were never enough sports bras.